Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. On this episode of Killer Genes, part three of our look into the death of Carrie Owsley. A family's battle rages on. My biggest thing is they keep on saying that my dad killed himself and it was a suicide. Prove it to me. That's all I'm asking. Prove it to me. Show me some proof. But you have, they have none. And was another death in the family before Carrie's possibly suspicious? And Cheryl, this is not the first um, run-in with suicide in the Jane's family. Is that correct? No, that's correct. The following episode of Killer Jeans contains graphic and sensitive information and material. Listener discretion is advised. Emmy-nominated true crime journalists bring you cases like you've never heard them before. Hear firsthand accounts from the victims' families private investigators, lawyers, law enforcement, and even the convicted. Giving you a complete 360 of the case like no one else can. I'm Melissa McCarty. I'm Kelly McClear. And this is Killer Genes. While this is the conclusion of our three-part series into the death of Carrie Owsley, it is anything but over for Carrie's sister Cheryl and Carrie's son Logan. Since Carrie's death on April 7th of 2013, when the Bartholomew County Sheriff's Office and Coroner Larry Fisher ruled his death a suicide from a gunshot wound to the chest, Carrie's family has been in legal battles ever since. From the Owsley family's fight over Carrie's body and an exhumation taking place where another autopsy would be deemed inconclusive, Cheryl has since found holes in the investigation, or lack thereof, starting with the polygraphs administered to Carrie's estranged wife, Lisa, and her son, Josh Janes. And also, when it comes to uh, additional evidence in the family trying to prove they weren't involved, they agree to a polygraph. Who was involved in that? A polygraph has some standard questions and then usually numerous questions. But Josh James only had to answer two questions. Were you present when Carrie shot himself? He says no. Regarding when Carrie shot himself, were you present? He says no. And he didn't pass. Lisa's questions were, did you shoot Carrie? She says no. Regarding Carrie being shot, did you do it? She said no. But I have to ask, if you're a polygraph, <laughs> why don't you say, do you know who shot him? You know, do you have any idea who could have shot him? Did you see anybody shoot him? You know, you didn't ask those questions to either one of them. But the most important part for me is that they asked Josh, were you there when Kerry shot himself? And he still didn't pass. So, I mean, you know, there are people who would like to believe that I'm some hysterical sister who cannot accept her brother's suicide. So give me a break. I mean, there's, there's no path. The evidence does not show Kerry killed himself. It shows that somebody killed him. That's the bottom line for me. Logan, what does your gut tell you happened that morning? If you have to look back at the totality of, of everything your father went through and everything you've seen and heard, what do you see the a timeline of events happening that morning of April 7th? For me, it's really hard because I can see any of them being the person holding the gun. But ultimately, I think it came down to my dad and Lisa arguing, 
she overhears him tell me to come get all of his stuff. And at this point, she knows she's going to lose things. She's going to lose money. And that's the only thing that she's thought of this entire time since they've been fighting. Not about life, not about love, but about money. She knows she's going to lose stuff. I think she picks up the phone and calls one of the sons. They come over. My dad gets in a heated argument with them because it's none of their business what's going on. They've done nothing but tr- cause problems in their relationship, and they're the main reason why why things are so bad in their relationship. And they take my dad's words, and they pull that gun, and they shoot him. When you say they, do you think both sons, one son, because remember they weren't there when you arrived, do you believe with that theory that they then left and came back after? Yeah. One yeah. or both? Um, I believe it was one of them. I don't think both of them would have been able to get out there at the same time. But there was, because Lisa, I had to hear that my dad was gone from my grandmother. Lisa didn't even call me and tell me. I never heard it out of Lisa's mouth once. So I don't know how long it took for my grandma, like my grandma to hear it. Because she, Lisa ended up calling my grandma's ex-husband that she lived with phone. She didn't even call my grandma's phone. So Raymond had to give my grandma the news and my grandma, like there, there could have been plenty of time for somebody to get out of there. Putting Dwayne James senior, Dwayne James junior, Josh James and Lisa Owsley at the scene of your brother's death and it being a law enforcement cover-up is a very big statement. Is there any other scenario that could possibly have played out? I think all you have to do is ask yourself this question. Would this many officials fight this hard to cover up a simple suicide? We were in court for months trying to get Carrie's body exhumed. We were fighting them for months for the actual investigative files, would anybody, especially a team of people, work this hard to cover for suicide? There is no other scenario. And while, you know, Lisa says he was talking to his psychotherapist, as she says, about suicide, this is part of her 911 call. Remember this, 911 callers call and they ask for help for what it is they need. Help me, help me. This person's dying. What should I do? Help me, help me, you know? And Lisa's like, She's saying, oh, hold on, I got to get the dogs out of the blood. She's saying, oh, yeah, the window's open because of something. And, you know, she's talking about, he went to the psychotherapist. What she's doing is trying to create alibis and, and trying to create a scene here. But you hear Carrie gasping? Somebody needs to explain this to me. Carrie gasped on and off for five minutes. And the reason I believe the 911 tape is altered is because no one ever says ever. Should I lift his head? Should I do something? Except at one point, she puts a, a, a sweatshirt on his wound because the 911 operator says so. But she says, oh, he just gasped. And then they keep talking. Oh, he gasped again. And they keep talking. And no one ever says, he's still alive? What should we do? No one ever says that. Lisa doesn't. And then you have to ask yourself this. If I were a reporter, I wouldn't know this. But as long as we don't know where the gun is, the 911 responders can't come in. So 
So they're stationed about a mile from Carrie's house in the parking lot. And they're waiting for Lisa to find the gun so they can come in. Now I ask you, how far can a gun go if you just shot yourself? She can't find it until he stops breathing. And then the 911 responders show up. So I don't think that people would work this hard. And if they have, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy puzzle. But nobody works this hard. What do you have to say to people that might say, oh, well, I don't believe it was a cover-up. It was just shoddy police work. Then it's a cover-up now. If it wasn't a cover-up then, it's a cover-up now because everybody in that room knows what happened. All they have to do is come forward and say, what did Dwayne James do on the scene? It was inappropriate. It didn't make sense. Was he leading the investigation? You know, all I can hope is that with all of this hanging over their head, that some of those police officers are going to tell the truth. That's all I can do. That's all I can hope for. Kelly, as investigative journalists, we never really turn it off, do we? No, Melissa, we don't. But I have found what really helps me wind down after a crazy day or really intense schedule or sessions of interviews is playing June's Journey. Guilty of that as well. And for those of you that have not heard about June's Journey, it's this online clue finding game where you get to play amateur sleuth June Parker and go through a series of chapters where you help solve murders and mysteries. And what I love about June's Journey and what keeps me coming back every day is that not only do you advance through chapters, which reveal more of the story and more of the cases, but there's also these fun ways to earn coins and what they call orchids to get to new chapters, you know, which is unlike some other games where you get stuck at a level and you can't advance, which is so frustrating, but they don't do that on June's Journey. And for me personally, I am on level 184. So if y'all are playing June's Journey right now, find me. I'm Killer Jeans. I'm sorry, level 184. All right, I need to catch up. And for all of you, join Kelly and myself and the other 30 million fans of June's Journey. All you need is an internet connection. So are you ready to awaken your inner detective? Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. A few years before Carrie Owsley's untimely passing, there was another death in the Janes family that, too, has raised eyebrows. And Cheryl, this is not the first run-in with suicide in the Janes family. Is that correct? No, that's correct. Ironically, the other person who died was named Carrie also. She was married to Dwayne James Jr. Um, She died in the very same manner, uh, supposedly by suicide. Um, she was killed with one of the James son's guns. The cop's dad was the first guy on the crime scene. He got custody of the gun, as he did in my brother's case, by saying, you know, that the guns belong to them. So he got custody of the gun. They cremated her body. Her mother told me that she never saw her afterwards. You know, she never saw her again. And they had the same trajectory going on my brother. They... Um, same thing, you know, Carrie dies with one of their guns. The cop dad claims it's suicide, gets custody of the gun. It's no longer part of the evidence. In three years, two people are murdered with one of the Deputy James's kids' guns, and that he's the first one on the crime scene. 
He gets the gun back in both cases, and now the guns are gone in both cases. They're both ruled a suicide. They cremated the other Terry, and they were planning on cremating my brother, except I stopped them. It's just too coincidental. I mean, it's just in, in this very short time, two people supposedly in your family commit suicide with your guns, and your dad, who's a cop, shows up as the first one on the crime scene and gets custody of both the guns. Can I throw out um, a conspiracy theory? Do you think that maybe Carrie Owsley, Doty's death was maybe in retaliation for something he figured out about Carrie's death? I don't. I, I think they just, I think it was about money. Carrie's son, Logan, also remembers hearing about Dwayne Jr.'s wife's suicide. From what I know is that um, it was out of the blue. Her kids were at home and his dad was also an officer on the scene doing the cleanup on Dwayne Jr.'s wife's suicide as well. Another thing that came to light was um, Dwayne Sr. called 911 dispatch and asked if um, his daughter-in-law had called in that something along the lines of that, that she shot herself before the 911 call that she did shoot herself even went through. No, Dwayne Sr. knew about her shooting herself before 911 was ever called about her death. And by who? Exactly. Um, the little girl, um, her little girl, I believe, found her and ran across the street to a friend's house and said that mommy had hurt herself. And that's when they called 911. That's yeah, he weird. had called 911 before the little girl even told anybody. Um, do you think that him being on scene and doing what he did after your father's death, is it all questionable or do you think it was just coincidental? There's, with all the things that stack up, there, it's, it's impossible to be a coincidence. I mean, in my head, why would you burn, burn things? Like, why wouldn't you just like throw it away or like the night that my dad died, they have a bonfire in the back in his backyard with the chair that he died on and the rug that he died on and all of his clothes. Why would you burn, burn stuff like, like that? I mean, I wouldn't keep it forever, but I definitely wouldn't burn it the day of. Why didn't the, the sheriff's department have it? Like, why didn't they take it with them? In July of 2013, the Bartholomew County Sheriff's Office suspended three deputies over their handling of the investigation into Carrie's death. According to the Indy Star, Sheriff Mark Gorbett said that supervisors failed to protect the integrity of the scene for his involvement in being at the scene, handling evidence, including the gun, and moving Carrie's body. Dwayne Jane Sr. was suspended for five days without pay. The detective who initially headed the investigation, Christy Nunemaker, was suspended for 10 days and reassigned to patrol. And Sergeant Dean Johnson was also suspended for 10 days. In a written statement, Sheriff Gorbett said, quote, The mistakes made by these officers are unfortunate and inexcusable, however, 
The mistakes are not a reflection of the training, commitment, and professionalism displayed by the men and women of the sheriff's office on a daily basis. While the sheriff said that the three suspended had made errors in judgment, the evidence still pointed to Carrie having committed suicide. And it's a decision that Carrie's family continues to fight for. The cause of death uh, on Carrie's, you know, death certificate is is suicide. What yeah. if they will c- come back and say, "All right, we're going to change it, but it's going to be to undetermined versus homicide"? How would that sit with you? I have, um, I have to tell you, I think that opens me opens the door for me to be able to further uh, find a way to get answers. Um, I'm I'm very. Um, I tell you what, there won't be. There won't be any settlement without the change of the death certificate. But I've asked the new coroner to to rule it undetermined, and uh, he won't do that because they know that then I have another legal legal avenue to try to prove that Cherry did not kill himself. So they're just blocking you every which way but sideways. They are, and and you know, there's a there's a there's a very uh, strong emotional reason that I will not allow this to go down like this. First of all. I'm not going to allow Logan to believe that his dad left this world on purpose and just left him here. The other thing is, this is our legacy. My brother was a fighter, not a quitter. And not that I say that people committed suicide or quitters. My brother's a fighter. And he's going to go down in history as a fighter. Because I believe he was fighting for his life that night or that day. I believe he was fighting for his life. And they overwhelmed him. I think he was in a fight with several people. My mother used to say, evil walked in and started a fight with him. And Carrie lost, and you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to let his legacy live that he, you know, felt pushed into a corner and shot himself. If anybody ever knew Carrie Owsley, being pushed in a corner would not be the time to shoot yourself. This is what we're fighting for. <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes we get a little confused and think we're fighting for money. We're fighting for justice. We're fighting for that death certificate to be changed. We're we're fighting for people to admit that literally they treated Carrie like a dog in the street. And we're not going to uh, settle for some platitudes and some cash. It's just not going to happen. And uh, Logan's with me on that. And so uh, it will be one thing that has to happen. Uh, his death certificate has to be changed. Where are you guys at legally? Because I know you and Logan, you know, have been, been bringing this into the courts for, for quite a few years now. Where is everything sitting? The officials in Columbus continue to remove Logan as someone who can on his dad's behalf because Carrie was still married to Lisa, so she is his representative. We filed this federal civil rights lawsuit with Logan as Carrie's heir and not his representative because the courts in Indiana would not give Logan that uh, standing. Lisa is no longer involved. I mean, she's done. She doesn't want any, any more of this. So it's not Lisa removing Logan. It is actually the people who we are suing finding a way in the court to remove Logan as having standing to sue the very same people we are actually trying to prove are involved in the cover-up. And so our attorneys believe that we have several avenues for Logan to have standing to sue. And my attorneys believe that it's very, it's a very simple process after that. They really believe that Josh and uh, we have a lot of witness information already recorded. And we believe that there are a lot of people out there that know exactly what happened. I know there are good police officers in Columbus, Indiana. 
and I know there are good people in the sheriff's department. There is, like we see across the country, this, you know, um, blue wall. And I think that I was dealing with that. And, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, when you have a team of attorneys like the Lobies, there's three attorneys from there. You have Trent, we've used, I mean, Harvard Justice, Ron Sullivan from Harvard Justice. All of these attorneys working on Kerry's case on contingency for this many years, I don't think you can get that many uh, critical minds to work this hard if they're, you know, without any revenue coming in, if they didn't believe that there was a cover-up. Kelly, let's talk about CBD. It's legal, but oftentimes not strong enough for people who love the benefits of THC and really want to feel it, you know? So we've discovered a company, CBDX. It has perfectly blended CBD with THC, giving it literally the X factor. I tried the gummies, which are strong because they go up to 25 milligrams, and you will definitely feel it. It is not your average CBD product. Melissa, you know that I've been using CBD products for a while now, you know, for everything from back and neck pain to just wanting to chill out. And I have to say that CBDX really has kicked it up a notch because you get all those cool effects of the CBD and the THC all wrapped up into one awesome legal package. And I'm not going to lie, you will feel the Delta 8 THC. So word of warning, do not operate any heavy equipment or machinery while using the products. CBDX and its Delta 8 THC comes in the form of vape cartridges, edibles, or buds in really fun flavors. It is federally legal, but for the states where it's illegal to buy, it ships straight to your home, regular mail, and is much easier than going to a dispensary. And another PSA for me, it will show up as THC on a drug test. Now, if you want to go try it, which I suggest that you do, go to CBDX.com. That's four letters, CBDX. And use the code KILLER for 20% off and a free gift will be added. The Owsley family attorney, Trent McCain, and his associates filed a complaint against the Bartholomew County Sheriff's Office, Dwayne Jane Sr., and other deputies at the scene that day, and the coroner, Larry Fisher. And we allege in that complaint that these individuals were involved in a conspiracy to obstruct justice and to deny my clients access to the courts. Because an autopsy was not done, because evidence was tampered with and destroyed, because a shoddy investigation took place, my clients lost an opportunity, maybe forever, to find out what happened to Carrie Owsley on April 7th, 2013. If they had learned what really happened, perhaps criminal charges would have been filed against the person who pulled the trigger. Number two, they would have been able to file a wrongful death lawsuit against whoever was responsible. Since this case was filed on April 7th, 2015, the two-year anniversary of Carrie's death, the statute of limitations also expired at that time. So a wrongful death lawsuit was made impossible. 
there is no statute of limitations on murder, so a person could still be charged, but the burden is a lot different because in a murder case, the prosecutor has to prove the guilt of a defendant beyond a reasonable doubt. So because there was no investigation, no autopsy, and all these other number of things, the family lost that opportunity to bring a wrongful death case. And withholding someone or hindering someone from their access to courts is a violation of their civil rights. So what option does the Owsley family have now? The only option that they had left on April 7th, 2015, was to file a lawsuit which they did. The lawsuit was pending in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Indiana for many months, and it was ultimately dismissed on the defendant's motion to dismiss, claiming that Logan Owsley, Carrie's son, did not have standing to bring this lawsuit because Logan was not the personal representative of Carrie Owsley's estate. And who was the personal representative for Carrie Owsley's estate? None other than Lisa Owsley. I'm not a lawyer, but to me this sounds crazy that Logan, as Carrie's only heir, has no legal rights whatsoever in this. Am I understanding that correctly? That is what the court said, and we believe that that is an incorrect ruling. Because we believe that, we filed an appeal, and the case is up on appeal at the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit that rests in Chicago. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals handles cases from Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin. On May 19th of this year, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, a panel of three judges, will hear our arguments that the case should be reinstated and remanded back to the Southern District of Indiana. It is my sincere hope that the family of Carrie Owsley will see justice and see that people who were responsible for Carrie Owsley's death are held accountable. And you do believe that Carrie's death was a homicide and not a suicide? I I do. I do believe that. There are too many unanswered questions, too many unexplained things surrounding Carrie Owsley's death for me to believe otherwise. And in 2020, the courts finally ruled in Logan's favor. You, you've been relentless as well in fighting, and you, do, you have won some legal hurdles. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, we, uh, we fought to keep my dad's estate open. And then Bartholomew County, we would fight. We'd get the lawyers involved. And we would get it, and then a couple weeks, a couple months would go down the road, and then Bartholomew County would contest it and get us kicked off. And that happened, I think, two times. And then finally, this last time, it went to um, a higher court out of Indiana, which I'm thankful for. And they seen it, and they heard our story. They heard our argument, and they, they awarded me um, head of my dad's estate, and now no one can ever contest it and take it away from me. Logan, what does that mean now that, you know, because you said if, if, if anything was to change with the, with the cause of death, you know, of, of your father, are, what is your next step now? I believe we're still 
um, in the clear for a lawsuit. Um, and it, and if it comes down to it, where 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 things do get changed and the truth is out there, uh, yeah. And the, my stipulation is they have to change the death certificate. I don't want anybody to ever question my kid my kids kids or anybody to ever question that my dad did not kill himself my biggest thing is they keep on saying that my dad killed himself and it was a suicide prove it to me that's all i'm asking prove it to me show me some proof but you have they have none they don't they have none i'm not asking for them to go out of their way i'm asking them to do their job what we pay them to do Every one person that hears my dad's story, I, I just hope it, I hope it does something for them. That that there uh, there is somebody out there that will fight for you if something happens, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. While Lisa Owsley, Dwayne Jane Senior, Josh Jane's, and Dwayne Jane's Junior have never been named as persons of interest or suspects surrounding the death of Carrie Owsley. Josh Janes has had his fair share of run-ins with law enforcement. Cheryl recalls a terrifying incident involving Josh. Yeah, he found literally six houses from my mother's house with guns, a semi-automatic weapon with a full clip, a two-year-old in a crack pipe. I don't know how that fits into the scene, but he has, he's loaded to the gills. He's six houses from my mother's house, and he gets picked up by police. And... I don't think Josh is looking for my mom. I think he's looking for me because he knows I'm in town. And listen to this. In 2018, Josh James pled guilty to endangering the life of a three-year-old by driving under the influence of marijuana and having a loaded gun in his vehicle. He was given a sentence of two and a half years to be served on probation. What would be your message to the family, obviously, you're clear on who the target is. What would be your message at this point if they think that you're pausing or not going to finish what you started? Because you're clearly not. No, there, there's not a chance in hell I'm ever going to stop. I'm not. And I, if I can't get justice to the justice system, then I will, I will write justice out into the world. I will tell this story every chance I can tell it. And I will exonerate Cherry Owls' name. And I will not let it go down like this. But I feel like I'm going to get justice. I feel like sooner or later, when the, think about this, the world has not even heard the egregious details of this case. Nobody who watches any of the media stories show up on, on my social media and say, are you sure your brother didn't kill himself? They show up and they say, wow, this, there's so many ways this is wrong. And I just, there's no chance I will ever give up. I know your mom you know, has, has fought this fight with you, um, you know, since the beginning. And unfortunately, you lost her recently. So she hasn't been able to, to see the outcome of all your efforts. But I think mm-hmm. you have to take solace in the fact that she is with Carrie right now. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think they're doing and talking about? <laughs> Laughing because that's, that's the way that we grew up. Just my mother's a storyteller. My brother's always telling some loud story and, and they're they're laughing. And I know that my mom wanted me to find some peace around this. I'm sure Carrie does too. Um, yeah, I know. My mom and my brother are together again. Um, but my mom, she was no joke. I mean, she was this little white woman from Columbus, Indiana, but she was not going to take anything, you know, and she, 
she wanted to fight. She didn't want to let it go. And she wasn't afraid. And so my mother, who had fought the system and, and honestly fought white people, black people, everyone. She fought everyone. And um, really, as we grew up, I feel like she taught me how to do this fight. She taught me to prepare for this fight. There's no way in hell, no way, that I will not give up this fight. I will not. There's no way. We fought for each other all of our lives, and I'm not going away. We will continue to update this case as more information becomes available. You can also join Cheryl and Logan's Fight for Justice by joining their Facebook page, Carrie Owsley, Mission for Justice. If you have a case you'd like us to investigate and cover, please message us on our Killer Jeans Facebook page or Instagram at Killer Jeans the Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Do you want to know what it's like to hang out with MS-13 in El Salvador? How the Russian mafia fought battles all over Brooklyn in the 1990s. But what about that time I got lost in the Burmese jungle hunting the world's biggest meth lab? Or why the Japanese Yakuza have all those crazy dragon tattoos? I'm Sean Williams. And I'm Danny Gold. And we're the hosts of the Underworld Podcast. We're journalists that have traveled all over, reporting on dangerous people and places. And every week, we'll be bringing you a new story about organized crime from all over the world. We know this stuff because we've been there. We've seen it. And we've got the near misses and embarrassing tales to go with it. We'll mix in reporting with our own experiences in the field, and we'll throw in some bad jokes while we're at it. The Underworld Podcast explores the criminal underworlds that affect all of our lives, whether we know it or not. Available wherever you get your podcasts.